Hey guys, Jack here. Uh, before we get started with the podcast, I'd just like to make an announcement about something that uh, got left out of this episode. The Losers TV pilot will be uh, finally hitting the web uh, on YouTube. Uh, search for it next month, uh, right before uh, Episode 7 of Star Wars comes out. Uh, you can see more information about it on the Facebook page. Uh, just search for uh, Losers TV Pilot. Um, you can also find us on Twitter. And uh, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy this po- episode. Thanks. Well, anyway, we've actually started recording. Welcome to the Wages of Cinema, everyone. Uh, We're back once again with uh, our local vocal series. Uh, We'd like to talk to people in the area, the New York City greater area, actors, artists, filmmakers, musicians, you name it. I want to hear about process and life and all that good stuff. And today I'm very happy to talk with... uh, Another person who actually is involved in uh, Losers, which uh, now you're, you're our third guest. And, uh, <laughs> she <laughs> only our, th- yeah, it should have been her first. But uh, uh, this uh, lovely lady is a uh, an actress, uh, a singer, a dancer. Uh, I, I'm sure there are not, a maybe other not things. so much on the dancing. I dance okay. I wouldn't okay. brag about it. And uh, there are a lot. There are some other things I might ask about. So I'm pleased to have Maya Murphy on the show today. Thank you for being my guest. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, like I said, when I was just looking around your apartment. You have a lot of uh, extra geek stuff. I mean, in a good way. I'm not saying geek in a bad way. You worked on Losers. You can't say geek in a bad way. I, I know you mean it in a good way. No, uh, I'm a great big nerd. I wear my nerdiness on my sleeve. I wear my new Rocky Horror Anniversary shirt. Just oh yeah, just I noticed for you. that. I know. Yeah, uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, is that and also and that actually extends though to a number of different things. But uh, um, but firstly, I guess I should bring up that you actually have a. Uh, a show coming up in the I next week. I absolutely do. I'm doing Sweeney Todd with Brooklyn Theater Club. Uh, I play Beggar Woman. It's Sondheim. People die. It's bloody. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, if you haven't seen Sweeney Todd before, whether it's on stage or a movie. A then... movie we won't speak about. <laughs> okay, I shouldn't say anything. <laughs> that, that might be off limits. That's the one thing that I can't talk about. I should have brought that up. I should have brought that up. No, Tim Burton cuts the chorus, and that just doesn't make any sense. I know, I know. A friend of mine told me, like, they, he cut out the ending. And I'm like, okay. Well, well, but, like, the chorus is the narrator they they move the show and it gets very weird anyways i'm doing sweeney todd with brooklyn theater club it's going to be at much more's in williamsburg uh you want to go to tinyurl.com slash shave the date yes uh or if you just look up brooklyn theater club on instagram on facebook uh there's all the information on there yeah and the performances um i'm gonna be posting this pretty soon so there will be uh, a performance this Saturday, November 14th, and then 
next week on the 19th uh, Thursday and then the following Saturday of the 21st. Uh, and you can see all the info on getting tickets and showtimes there. We'll post a link on we'll, all we'll social media. We'll post a link and uh, Brooklyn Theater Club's really about having a good time involving our audience. We all drink throughout mm. the entire show. We promise you will have fun. So so this venue is it's almost when you it's 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 an intimate setting. It is a very intimate setting. Mm, cuz I it's funny cuz my la- one of my last guests uh uh, you know, our uh, mutual friend and collaborator, Matt Steiner from Losers. I love Matt Steiner. Yeah, well, he had, uh, you know, he does the representatives. Absolutely. You know, is this, so is this something a little bit like that, where the audience isn't just sitting there, like, uh, doing your I show? I would say, I love the representatives, but I, I don't work with them, so I don't want to say, I completely understand where they're coming from. I'd say their work is more site-specific. Okay. Uh musicals have uh, an extra layer of artifice. It's not as site-specific. Like, we're not in a hair salon. We're not oh, in sure. someone's apartment because uh, they did so many fabulously successful apartment plays. Mm. We're in more of a small space in the round. Oh, um, okay. So... I guess the way that you were describing it, I almost thought for a moment, is this kind of like a bar but with a theater in it? There's a bar just outside the theater. It's a okay. There's a small event space, and then when you go out the door, there's a bar. So you can stop by the bar on your way in, get your glass of wine, mm. bring it on in, drink every time someone is scary in the show, or, you know, whenever there's <laughs> a silly accent, or you, you can make up your own rules. Mm. When you uh, was this your first? You, obviously, it seems like you've been you've you've loved this play for a long time. Uh, Sweeney Todd has been my favorite musical since I was about twelve years old. Oh my god! My my dad introduced me to it. He showed me his. He had his old LPs, hmm. uh, and it was this like coming of age moment for me. I decided I was finally mature enough to handle this gory, gory show, and it had hmm. been a favorite of his when it was on Broadway. And he, he played a song for me from Act One called My Friends. And the lyrics go, these are my friends. And my dad goes, well, what what do you think he's singing about? And I'm in eighth grade. I'm like, well, he's probably feeling bad because he's killing all his friends. Because that makes hmm. sense, right? Uh, and my dad goes, no, he's singing about his razors. And I just, the spark went off within me because I had always loved musical theater. And I had always loved gory horror movies. Mm. And I thought, Nero the Twain shall meet. And I'll have my gory, nerdy friends over here and my musical theater friends over here. No one will ever understand me. And then there's this show that it's just everything I love, right? Mm. One show. It's, it's fantastic. Hmm. <laughs> And so, and you've never done a production of it before. I had never done Sweeney Todd oh, before. So this must have this must be kind of checking off a bucket list. It absolutely something. is. Yeah, I mean, now I forget Beggar Woman. Is that like? Oh, would you have wanted spo- to have the big role? Uh, d- 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 oh well, would I have wanted to play Mrs. Levitt? Yeah, you know, maybe in the future, next time I do Sweeney Todd. But uh, I've really enjoyed working on Beggar Woman. She's a challenge uh, vocally. Yeah, I won't and spoil wise. anything. Yeah, sorry d- about that. D- what? You watched that. I saw. I saw that thought form on your brow. Yeah. Um. It's no. It's a uh, forced me to learn and grow, and those are all good things. Mm. How much? Uh. Like. So when you're working with this group, is it? Uh, how how intensive is it? What kind of rehearsal process do they do? Uh. Brooklyn Theater Club is a bit more bare bones. Like mm. we do have the the scripts in our hands, and especially something with the music as challenging as Sondheim. It's nice to have that that crutch there. I mean, obviously, we're not a we're not a fully funded equity company, so we oh, don't get okay. to spend, you know, several weeks nine to five rehearsing, and that would be a nice luxury. But we don't have that. But it's we work really hard. Mm. <laughs> we work really hard. We put on a very good show. 
And I, I think if you come, you'll have a good time. Right on, right on. So this isn't your first time working with them? No, or? it's not. I actually did Oliver with them earlier this year. Oh, okay. Okay, Oliver, yeah. Uh, I think I remember, you, yeah, you posted about that on Facebook. and. Uh, oh, yes. I, I post everything on social media. Come see my show. Here's a picture <laughs> of me and my show. Yeah, so, so again, so musicals, that goes back a, a long time. Forever and young. ever. Yeah, because I one of the things I noticed, of course, is uh, musical theater. In fact, if you search uh, Maya Murphy on YouTube, the first thing that comes up is you singing a, a song with uh, with uh, with another. Person. Oh, I believe that was a cabaret called Bitter Bitches. <laughs> that's well, that's a good name as any for, uh, for cabarets a cabaret. Cabarets I've performed with include Bitter Bitches and Cranky Cabaret. I think I'm seeing a pattern here. <laughs> They're the, you don't really see, like, nice guy cabaret that much. <laughs> or nice guy cabaret just doesn't invite me either way. No, cabaret, you want to have a little bit of fun and danger, maybe. Uh, at, at Cranky Cabaret, speaking of fun and danger, I opened Act 2 with the Masochism Tango by Tom Lear, and I came out in a corset and a hot pants. So, fun, <laughs> danger, absolutely. Jeez, so... When uh, like when does that start for you? Like when you were like a real little girl, just loving um, musicals, or did it like was there a certain I mean I style think, that appealed to you? I think most children, you know, sing along with Disney movies, and there's that. You know, one of the other movies we grew up with, we had a taped off of television from when PBS aired it, Pirates of Penzance, with Angela Lansbury, hmm. who also originated Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd, ah. uh, and Kevin Klein and Linda Ronstadt. And that is a, you know, a bit more classical in background than mm. Aladdin, The Lion King, what have you. And I remember being so mad at my sister because she could sing the really high notes and I couldn't. That wasn't fair. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I don't know. I, I guess I, I got my first lead in a school play in third grade. And after that, theater became my extracurricular. And then mm. all of a sudden I was always at rehearsal, part of women's choir, taking dance classes locally. Uh, just, just all about right, right expressing off the deep yourself. End. All, yeah, you know, and, and singing. I, I love music, and I don't think anything is quite as much fun as harmonizing with other people live. Mm. And uh, so that was definitely like when you really looked forward most to the musical parts. Like, did you, but you also did just plays as well? Oh, I did, I did straight plays. Um, my high school is one of the first high schools to do the Laramie Project. Oh, yeah, 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 that one. That's um, a, that was a big one. I did that, back. you know, I, I mean... If we're talking about, let's see, straight plays I did in my youth, we did The Crucible. I uh, I also attended Tufts, Tufts Children's Theater in uh, Somerville. Hmm. And I did some straight plays with them. We did um, some Moliere. Obviously Shakespeare. Did a bunch of Shakespeare. I played Kate in Taming of the Shrew. Hmm. Again, with the bitter bitches, cranky motif there. Shrewish. Hmm. I'm also shrewish. Um and I, you know, I love, love, love Shakespeare. But I, I think a lot of that is in the same vein of why I love music. It's things that are theatrical. The theatricality of it. It's being able to play. But there's a, but there's a system. There's you know music, or there's iambic pentameter, or there's verse. It's finding a way to express yourself within these parameters. It's challenging and so much fun. Hmm. And uh, and I guess your parents were all in it. Like My were... parents have been extremely supportive, and for the life of me, I cannot figure out why. <laughs> uh, my dad kind of looked at it, and he went, well, these days, if you're a doctor, you'll probably get sued for malpractice. <laughs> the law market uh, is... That's, that's, that's unique. You don't usually hear You don't, you don't usually get that. that. 
Uh, and then you will. Yeah, if you're a doctor, you're just going to be like. People are just, you're, you're going to get, like, pharmaceutical reps shilling drugs at you. <laughs> I mean, my dad's best friend is a doctor, so he he knows. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, the, the law student market is the most oversaturated it's ever been. That's mm. a very, very risky career move. And he, sure. And he was like, you might as well go do what you want. <laughs> mm. But was there, like, any other possible career choice? Like, was it always about Yeah, I, I was also the very interested in art and animation, and oh. uh, they were less supportive of that. I wanted to be a stop-motion animator, if you want oh. to talk about dead art. Um, <laughs> well, not not necessarily dead. Not as it's, dead. Digital it, it's has specialized. It. It's specialized, and we thought it was going to go away, but it's it's holding on. Like, I, I love hmm. Coraline. I love Paranorman. Uh, Ardman Studios is trying to cling on, but... I don't know. They're doing more and more CGI work over there, aren't they? Now? Um, well, actually, this year they uh, they put out a movie uh, uh, called uh, Shaun the Sheep. There was and a, that oh, was, there uh, that was, was a actually, feature for Shaun the Sheep? I'd seen it Yeah, Shaun the Sheep the movie, and it was really good. And okay. that was all stop motion. It was, Fantastic. And the thing, it was funny, just as a side note about that, like that's a movie where like when I watched that movie, like no, there's like no dialogue. You feel like you're watching like an old school silent comedy. Oh, cool! Where I'll it's all about that. pantomime and seeing like these little cute sheep getting into mischief in like a little British village, and <laughs> like for a little short while, I actually had like at one point, without spoiling too much, the sheep wind up in jail and with animal jail. Of course they do. And and like there's like there's just just one dog who's like the mean dog, and he gives this look like. I'm going to get you. And he has that same frozen expression. I wish there. you listeners could see the look I just received. <laughs> uh, believe me, if you if you Google Sean the Sheep prison dog, you'll you'll get you'll it. Find yeah. it. But the point so so yeah, so that's that's an interesting thing. So have you ever tried to attempt that like even just little like i'm gonna move this this or was um, it just something that the movies no, were something captured I, your I imagination pursued a little bit in high school and you know i had also studied photography and mm. uh two-dimensional art and uh i started storyboarding with a, an a old high school friend of mine and it just it became so difficult because when i was 16 17 years old i didn't have the money to go find a super 8 camera because that was the easiest way to do mm, stop motion at the time yeah. digital hadn't really come into its own the way it has sure, now yeah. uh and i just i didn't i didn't have the budget i didn't have the means mm -hmm. but i could get my butt to rehearsal i could totally do that uh so yeah. and that stuff is still amazing i mean earlier this year i saw uh what was it, Jason and the Argonauts for the first time? Oh, and, yeah. I mean, that skeleton fight is one of the greatest scenes I've ever seen. Oh, in the, the movie. Jason and the Argonauts, and then they, um, there's a. Golden Voyage of Sinbad. Or, and, uh, you know, Evil or, Dead. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How else are you going to have a headless ballerina zombie dance around? Oh, stop motion. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um,. But uh, but that's all right. So yeah, so you have the animation sort of in the back of your mind, but all about musical uh, kind of musicals and doing theater. Uh, I you um, know I love performing. I love performing. Does that uh, now when uh, when you went to school like after high school was it uh, to get into more theater or did you suddenly start to want to get more into film? Um, I mean there aren't a lot of film acting programs in the United States. It's all theater, hmm. which ends up being very difficult and actually yeah, you're I I have some very strong political thoughts about Hollywood. I think <laughs> yeah. I think it's a it's a failure to the industry actually on that front because that's how yeah. we end up with so many models being cast who are turned out of the system mm. in 
in a feature film or two because they're not captivating. They're not trained. Sure, they're pretty to look at, but... Yeah, it's like you, you can see the difference. That's why there's always this thing about... The British actors who are always oh, like super. Oh, British is trained and Americans not trained. That's just not true. There. Are oh no, so no, I know that. That's not. That's a. That's a stereotype. Training programs in the United States. Well, but sure, they don't but but teach there's a reason. For film. But there's a reason why though that stereotype has persisted because of, you know, for a long time British acting training was like so high but but american acting well you, it depends on what school you go to of it, course well, it depends on what school you go to and that's true true in england as well uh actually in australia i really like the way they do it if, if you go hmm. for a four-year program you spend a year doing style of theater you're doing style of film you're doing style of television the fourth year you specialize and i i think it's very important to do that like in my first major web series, uh, but when I was back in Boston, I played a character named Blair, Blair Salia in High Heel Samurai. Oh. And I was showing it to some film friends of mine back there. And one of my friends said, you know, you're the only person who consistently makes eye contact with the person who's to the right of the camera. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I was extremely lucky. I loved working um, on High Heel Samurai because it was like film boot camp for me. I didn't really know what I was doing. And I had these people who put faith in me, and we just shot on an extremely fast schedule. It was like a soap opera. Mm. And they just said, this is what this means. I need you to do this here. And they, like, whipped me into shape so I knew what I was doing. Mm. If it hadn't been for the volume of work I did with that web series, I would have embarrassed myself on set much much more than I have. Huh. So, um, so that almost was, like, kind of a training ground, you Absolutely. Hmm. Uh, I'm I'm very fortunate to have worked with them. They they took care of me. They taught hmm. me things. Yeah, no, because yeah, there there are certain times. Like, I remember when I went to college. Yeah, they had one. It was called acting for camera, and that was pretty much it. And then like, and I did an acting class as well, but that was more just like. That's when I realized like maybe I couldn't be an actor just because <laughs> like I almost sometimes get intimidated by looking at someone for a long period of time. I mean, and I guess you have to have that concentration. There's, I mean, it's, concentration is an element, um, but acting, training is so important, but celebrity culture has also affected what a lot of people think of actors, hmm. and I've had many people who are in no way affiliated with the industry, but did a play once in high school or college, and they will brag to me how they learned all their lines, and I don't want it to mean their work, but it's also, well, learning your lines is where your work starts. Yeah. If you can't remember your lines, then how are you going to know what you want from the other actors you're playing with? Sure. Or, you know, how can you stay in frame? Or it, that has to be the beginning of your work. And I think because there's a lot of less than stellar acting, maybe from hmm. some of those models I mentioned earlier, a lot of people think that acting doesn't take a lot of work. Hmm. Um, Interesting. And, it, well, you know, it's my, my own personal baggage. Uh, yeah, well, there are always. It's fun. It, it's gratifying and pleasing work to do, but there's still work. Yeah, no, there's always emotional work. I know that. I mean, I've talked with uh, like a number of actors who say, "Well, I use the Meisner method, or I use the oh, something method, or you know." And uh, it, was, it was funny because years back, um, one of the first things I worked on with uh, another mutual collaborator, Zach Abramowitz, was a series he did called Zach and Michael, which was like. Like, basically making fun of, like, serious actors who, like, you know, for example, they had, like, a picture of Stanislavski on their wall and would, like, pray to it. And 
I mean, if you want to go anti-Stanislavski, David Mamet has this wonderful book called True and False, and it's about how the director creates the narrative, not the actor, so you can do all the emotional work you want in your head, but it's going to come together in post. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, because that's the thing. Like you, It's funny because, uh, going back to Amazia for a second, when you watch, uh, I've watched like a, a number of behind-the-scenes features on like Pixar movies, and they talk about how they'll have actors say lines over and over and over again, and then they'll pick like one word here and one word here and one word there, and it's like, all right, well, you have. It seems like you have a completely seamless performance, but in actuality, it's not. <laughs> well, it's a little weird. Um, learning more and more about production and knowing how the sausage is made, because now even watching one of my favorite shows, I love watching Archer. Hmm. I can hear when they'll just like repeat a, the the same take they use the first time, and then change it slightly, but I can tell that it's the same take twice. And I'm like, Archer, why are you doing this to me? I don't mm. I don't want to recognize this. I want to think this is perfect. Yeah. It's like they've really entered the danger zone now. Danger zone. <laughs> all right, that's that's a bad <laughs> joke. But um all right, so uh so like when you were in college, so yeah, so the theater Oh, absolutely. So I started as a at a musical theater BFA program. Hmm. Uh, I toured all around the East Coast auditioning for all these different schools where hundreds oh. of people apply and they accept like twelve people. Hmm. So I was accepted into a, a fairly highly ranked program. Uh, I thought, this is what talented people do, because the boards I checked on the internet yeah. said, talented people, go this get their BFAs. This is what the internet says. This is what the internet says. You can believe everything on the internet, kids. Yeah. Uh, and I did not jive with the politics of that program. I'm, hmm. I am tall. I am sassy. I have a deep voice. I am what I am. Uh, so I got there, and they're like, oh, well, you're a character actor, so you should be oh. working on... I mean, I, I am a character actor. That's fine. Sure. But they wanted me to work on all this material better suited for, like, written for women in their 40s. And I was like, guys, I'm I'm 18. Uh, I would like to work on age-appropriate material, and apparently I did not treat my professors with the reverence they were due. I was kicked out of my program. I appealed to get back into it. They kicked me out again. I transferred oh. to find a place that was better for me. So was that it? Sound, was that near here, or was that elsewhere? It, it in the was country? upstate. Okay. okay. Um, you know, it's a many people treated me very well. Many professors were wonderful, but the program as a whole just wasn't wasn't the right one for mm -hmm. me. Uh, I ended up transferring to Sarah Lawrence. Mm -hmm. uh, Why well, not? Yeah, I've, I've heard. Yeah, it's. It's funny, the one thing with Sarah Lawrence that I always think about is that uh, all people, uh, Brian De Palma was actually, he actually used to teach there. I don't know who that is. My I, am I failing oh my, my alumni? No, no, but let me just, I'll throw out a few names. Okay, I mean, okay. uh, Carrie, The Untouchables, Mission oh, Impossible 1. Oh, okay. That Brian De Palma. Yes, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, Dressed to Kill. And it's funny because the one thing I know about him with that school, he actually, like in the 70s, he would teach film. And then he actually got together his, uh, I, guess, I, I know I'm going off track, but I guess because Sarah Lawrence, he actually got like all of his students together and made a movie. And it's it, If you look it up, it's called Home Movies. And uh, yeah, so that I always thought that was kind of awesome. It was like. And he actually had real actors in it. Like, he had Kirk Douglas and... Uh, Are you saying I'm not a real actor? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been Spartacus yet. <laughs> I haven't been Spartacus yet. I'm going to work on that. We'll have a Spartacus but, reboot. No, yeah. I'm Spartacus. Um, I'm, I'm, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't assume that, like, yeah, Brian De Palma was... Like, I, I always think, is he uh, a household name? Let's but, see. I mean, J.J. Abrams went to Sarah Lawrence. Okay. Juliana Margulies went to Sarah Lawrence. Carrie Elwes went to mm. Sarah Lawrence, but he did not graduate. Ah. Uh, so when you were there, like, were there, so that was a better environment? 
it was a better environment. Um, I found uh, acting classes that gave me the tools I needed to help me grow. The way that scene study was being taught at my first college just didn't click with me. And it, my professors didn't know how to help me. And hmm. I was being penalized for it. And, you know, I'm a student. I should learn. I should grow. That's my job while I'm there. Yeah, and you but need also, guidance. If I'm in a class with eight people, the professor should figure out how to help me better, perhaps. Yeah. Um, I found classes that help me access. So we, we call it like your actor's toolbox. Like you have you have the things in your toolbox. You study this method, you study that mm. method. You don't have to commit to all the way Meisner, all the way Stanislavski, whatever. You, you find just, what works you for you. You keep your tools in your toolbox and from this method, that method. So if I find a scene challenging, I can be like, well, I can try this trick. I can try that. I can whatever I have available to make the scene work. Right. Um. So I, and also at my previous college, I had been discouraged from learning more on the production side of theater and at Sarah Lawrence it was encouraged I got mm. to take playwriting with um people I had heard of before I got to study yeah. costume design I costume designed two main mm. stages while I was there mm. and I think that makes sense if I'm going to make my own theater if I'm going to make my own film it helps if I can you know keep my other actors lit and clothed yeah so actually that that's an interesting thing you mentioned that because I wanted to ask you so was costuming that came in like when you were in college, or was that something you were interested in? Oh, I had been sewing my own costumes as long as I can remember. My mom taught me to use a sewing machine when I was nine years old. Oh. Uh, I helped her. I, I said I made it by myself at the time. That's a damn lie. But uh, I, I sewed some of my pirate costume when I was nine, and it's just gotten worse from there. Now I go to New York Comic Con every year. I build all these yeah. ridiculous costumes. Oh, man. Uh, I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to post this for sure on. Uh, on the Facebook and Twitter for Wages of Cinema, I'm, the describe maybe for the audience. So what what was that costume you wore this year? This year I built a costume from the Venture Brothers. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, because I was wondering like about that for a second because I honestly her name I is Molotov Cocktease. <laughs> uh, she's dressed kind of like slutty black widow. So she has a cat suit that goes where the neckline goes down past her navel. Right. Um, and you would think it's all double sided tape, but let me tell you a thing about Hexnet tool. <laughs> Hexnet tool. What's that? It's a very see-through fabric that normally you would find to make a poofy underskirt. Hmm. Uh, if you keep it very close to your skin, you don't notice it's there. So I, I had a lot of dodgy physics used in keeping my costume on. <laughs> uh, so, you, so it was kind of just barely hanging on for dear life at times? Oh, no. It was extremely secure. I, oh, I, okay. My, oh, no, no, no. My no, costumes are not no, no, yeah, yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm not looked, trying to put it that It looked way. precarious, but I, I, was, uh, I was very secure. Uh, actually, I got pulled up on the stage for the Venture Brothers panel at the main stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Um, there's... My boyfriend took a video. We need to get that uh, up on the internet. It was it was really cool. It was a lot of fun. Was it like a costume contest, or they, it wasn't they were just even having a contest. people? They just up. had people with costumes from the show, and apparently, I was the only Molotov cocktails at all of Comic Con this year. Mm. How many people? So how many people there knew who you were? Like walking around, did a lot of them? Or uh, a lot it? of oh, just on the the entire floor of con, you mean? I guess just in a general, because you were there uh, for how many days? Oh, I only went one day. Oh, I, okay. Those those boots have high heels, and my feet would not forgive me if I wore that for yeah. more than one day at the Javits. Well, just in re well, in regular shoes, it's tough to walk around there. Unforgiving concrete floor. Why am I getting a phone yes. call? Don't you know I'm on a podcast right now? <laughs> um. 
I'd say, you know, a good amount of people I have my photo taken a lot, but if someone called me the wrong character name, I wouldn't consent to the photo. Mm. Like, because she wears red and blacks and people tried to call me Harley, and I'm just like, I'm obviously not Harley Quinn, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I was, how would people get that confused? No. Like, unless if it's, it's like Harley Quinn after, well, like, a week many, of meth or many something. Peop- <laughs> many people, uh, they'll wear, like, the sexy version of a costume to Comic-Con so oh, they sure. can get more photos taken, and I don't want to ignite a debate about that. That's a long no. conversation. Oh, We're sure, just going to yeah. not have it. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's only so much time. There's only so much time. Uh, but I think people would rather assume it's a variation they don't recognize than a character they don't recognize. Hmm. Because, well, if they're the biggest nerd, then I obviously, my costume can't be a nerd thing if they yeah. don't recognize it. and Venture it. Brothers is pretty big. Venture Brothers is pretty big, but they had that recent hiatus, so it's fallen a bit oh, out okay. of the spotlight. Yeah. Uh, but new season's coming, yay. Um, it was it was so much fun. And uh, to find mm-hmm. the people who, who recognize you and have similar costumes and to share your enthusiasm like mm. before the panel i found this great dr venture we just took all these photos nice. together and it was it was great it yeah was i mean because in a way that's part of that goes back to like the theatricality just expressing yourself and having fun i got to walk around all day sneering in photos <laughs> yeah i yeah i noticed that <laughs> she doesn't smile molotov cocktail does not want to smile for a photo yeah i mean yeah and i've noticed that you've so how many comic cons have you gone to oh dear well i think that's five new york comic cons five uh okay. i've been to because boston has one too i've been to boston comic con a couple times uh, i went actually to promote losers this year in yes, august we'll, we'll talk about that soon. uh i had gone to boston comic con a couple years ago my sister and i went as death and delirium from sandman mm. and that was oh oh god oh that's amazing uh, i'd love to see that picture oh uh, well we can share that I'm, on a, the internet. I'm a big sandman um, guy <laughs> well and that when people when people love sandman they love sandman the people would flag us mm. down to tell us about how they they read a, a relevant story in sandman when they were having a difficult time in their life which is so touching mm. mm-hmm. uh i love doing that i actually um I went to C2E2 in Chicago a few years ago to promote a feature film I did with the same production team as High Hill Samurai. It was called uh, Mission Park, The Hero Complex. Mm. Um, And I think that's it for all my cons. Yeah, because I remember remember going one year and you were also Black Canary as part of the Oh, yeah. A couple years ago I went to promote with a – well, I mean I was – I'm going to Comic-Con every year, regardless of what web series I'm in. <laughs> sure. But uh, I dressed as Black Canary to help drum up some mm-hmm. press for Nightwing Escalation. Yeah. And so part of the fun, too, is just figuring out, okay, what am I going to do this year? What am I going to challenge myself What panels with? are coming? What am I going to dress as? What after party <laughs> oh, yeah. am I going to so I can go stalk this one celebrity from this one cartoon? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, con is like nerd Christmas. It makes me so happy. Mm. And then in three weeks, it's Halloween. It's just October is the best. Yeah, yeah. And sadly, October has gone. Uh, it's womp, get womp. It'll come soon. back, though. It's going to come back next year. Oh, well, yeah. I built I new would... costumes. It'll be beautiful. Yeah, and it, the funny thing is, too, is a side note, because like, the first year I went was, what, 2009, I'm going to say? And that was like, they changed the scheduling around because... That year it was in either February or March. Weird. And then the next year was when they started doing it in October. Because it was like, okay, why aren't they doing it back in February now? But, oh, no, now it's going to be in October. Okay. And uh, and so I've been there now maybe four times. Nice. And uh, I feel like it's the kind of thing where I need almost a year off sometimes. Oh. Just because it's just like, because 
the crowds just get so the much crazier every year. And getting around in a costume. And now that there's a subway station right next to the Javits, you don't have to walk in oh, costume from 8th Avenue, which was part of the, the brutality. Well, yeah, the I remember that. Yeah. So that's different. Okay. I didn't that, know that's that. That's a little bit easier. Um, I completely agree with you, though. At the end of my day, being Molotov cocktails, there was this terrible uh, rainstorm outside, and my friends and I sat down on the floor, and I took my boots off and my wig off, and I, I put on the, the sneakers I had packed, and I was just like, oh, I feel so much better. <laughs> so, um, so this high heeled samurai the, oh, was yes. that was that before or after the uh, before college and stuff? That was at the end of my time at Sarah Lawrence. I okay. booked high heel samurai the summer before my senior year uh and then while i was rehearsing you're in town uh, every other weekend you're i was getting town. on a bus uh, uh, yeah another musical okay um i every other weekend i was getting on a bus i would go back i'd shoot for two days and i would come back mm. go to school I, I was a very very busy lady so it was uh at a certain point was you the sort of thought was okay i have to move to new york like i can't really stay up in boston i stayed in boston for almost a year after i uh after i graduated I had this idea where I was going to be a big fish in a smaller pond. Because, you know, at 22, I thought I was a big acting fish, which is adorable. <laughs> um, and I, I had a, a couple things that made me realize I needed to move to New York. I auditioned for a big deal equity company uh, with some Shakespeare material. And I was very excited. I wanted to go get some equity points and sure. be professionally involved. And the artistic director of this program closed his eyes and listened to me and asked me to be part of his apprentice program where you had to pay money to work with them and you could mm. understudy the big roles and take class during the day. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm an adult. I'm living at home. I have to earn money to pay bills. Yeah. Uh, can I pay you the money but not go to the class during the day? I'll pay you for the classes. I won't attend so I can go work during the day and I'll rehearse with you at night and still get the equity points. And he says, no. And I said, well, this person I know worked with you last year and she's she's you know relatively on my level we were in school at the same time and then it became oh well she has a master's degree and you don't no. and i didn't want to go get a i don't want an mfa in performing uh, i'm happy to go take more class but it's a it's very expensive studio time yeah because i mean at, at a certain point i guess you have to also realize okay what will this do for me what will this you? do for me um so when i realized that i wasn't i had kind of hit the ceiling of being in Boston, but I didn't mm. have my equity card and I didn't yeah. have an MFA. And if you're in New York, someone will work with you. Yeah. Someone at your level will work with you. You you might not be in the best theater or film, but you will work, you will improve, you can learn. Uh, and so that's one so that's, thing. That's what I've been doing. Because, yeah, I mean, I could tell from talking to you, like, here and there off mic that, uh, I mean, you love Boston. Oh, I, mean, I it's do. It's where you grew up. I do. Um, but New York, though, does have that advantage. Well, and now for, I'm at least for right rotten. now. I, I never drive. If I want Thai food and waffles at four in the morning, I can get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Boston doesn't quite accommodate that. No, I mean, I, I remember, like, when I went, I went to Boston a couple of times, and it seems like they're one of those cities that just shuts down at like they shut nine o'clock at night or something okay well boston shuts down more around 11 the suburbs shut down more around nine that's when my local starbucks mm -hmm. closed um because yeah. i mean i know that there are a lot of different parts of boston well, i guess honestly the funny thing was i 
I didn't go like all around the different towns. I was kind of more in like the central well, part, I guess. Boston has surrounding towns, like New York has boroughs. Mm. So Brooklyn is still part of New York, but Somerville's not part of Boston. Oh, yeah. So all these towns that are still on the main subway line aren't considered Boston proper. Hmm. Um, I, I lived and died by the red line because I lived in Concord, so I'd get a ride into Alewife and hang out at Harvard Square, go to coffee shops, and go shopping at the Garment District. And mm. I, I, I miss Geppetto's Pizza like you wouldn't believe. Mm. Um, but I but miss you, the culture, just... I miss the town, but you know, I now miss this uh, city that's five years old and dated, and when I go back and visit, it's gentrifying, just like our neighborhoods are here. Mm. And I'm like, where's my where's my ratty lesbian coffee shop? Where did you go? <laughs> uh, so, so I mean it's it's nostalgia. It is what it is. I love my hometown. I still uh uh love the Red Sox and the Patriots. There you go. Well, <laughs> well, well I had I had fans and now I just lost them. No, no, no. I we we won't get into that because otherwise we'll end this podcast a lot sooner. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I'm joking. It's all um, good. So, yeah, so a couple of projects, like, so I was kind of curious about. When I went online, uh, I watched a trailer for uh, this movie called Sexually Frank. Oh, I love Sexually Frank. Speaking yeah, that of trailer Boston. looked pretty, uh, that looked pretty interesting. It looked like, was that like a mockumentary type It was of thing? not a mockumentary. It's a, um. Because it seemed like. It's a feature a co- film. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the plot points in that movie are taken from the writer-director's own life. Uh, oh, okay. Hey, Frankie Frayne, if you find this, uh, podcast, I miss you. Let's make another movie. Um. Yeah, a lot of it was drawn from experiences and own life. Okay, that uh, must have been why I was gleaming from. Oh, it, but it it did very well in the festival circuit. Oh, uh, nice. Frankie actually flew out to Australia for the Sydney Underground Film Festival. Oh. Uh, Sexually Frank won the, I think it was the Director's Choice Award. And the awards out there, they call them Dead Oscars. They take broken down televisions, they melt the glass into these little Oscars, and they present them in these little coffins for you. <laughs> How the Oscar Australian. Uh... <laughs> I went to the screening. There was a screening in New York, I think, the Cinekink Festival. Okay. Uh, and that was fun, and we had you know a little red carpet, a little Q and A. So what was your what was your character in that? My character, she played this. Um, I think it's really funny that I got cast in that role at the age I did because I think she's more like the age I am now than the age when I shot, where she's a. Uh, used to being cast as the hot girl in movies and hmm. really wants to be taken more seriously and wants to act and have the craft. So she uh, agrees to be in something like a video you would find on College Humor. It's supposed to be a, a gag. Hmm. But because of some of the content in this gag video, a small fetish subculture on the internet decides it's porn. Hmm. And her plot arc is really about... What, what does it mean to put your image out there when you can only be in so much control? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that that seems to be a problem. I think for for a lot of actresses. Right I mean, it's it's difficult. Like even being Black Canary. Like we have this one. We had this photo shoot for a fundraiser for Nightwing, and it's very. We have this one very Betty Page photo of me as Black Canary, and I'm just like standing with the you know the like Black oh, yeah, Widow yeah, pose with my yeah. like fabulous fishnetted butt being the center of the picture. <laughs> and I'm I stand by that photo. It was 100 percent my idea, but. Also, I had a hard time at Comic-Con with comments, people taking a picture when, without asking me, people taking mm. a picture of just my butt, uh, people pretending they weren't taking a photo of me. Uh, and it's, it's hard. I'm happy to dress and act the way I do, 
but uh, you have to have the boundaries. You you have to have some boundaries, but if you put an image on the internet, you're not in control of how people react to that. Um, and you just you make your peace with that. And so that's what this movie was kind of dealing with. Well, in in my plot arc, I'm I'm one of many stories okay. in sexually frank. Oh, okay, yeah, because I was because when I was watching the trailer for it, I'm like, oh, there seems to be a lot going on. There here. is a lot going on. Uh, you can absolutely buy that DVD. I want to say it's uh it's at Red Cow Entertainment. Oh, okay, so it's actually it's available online. It is stuff. available online. Oh, great. How can you have a developed taste in women at 14? I don't know, man. I like what I like. And what's your favorite food? I don't know. Either steak or lobster. See? I like macaroni and cheese. Like the $2 box. How can you know unless you sample a wider palate? I don't know, because my dick already gets hard. Are you sure she doesn't mind you being over here? My clothes smell like cigarettes, she might. She must mind a little. I'm hot. What about your boyfriend, Missy? Where he at? I didn't tell him you were coming. Interesting. Then I'm not the crazy monogamist you are. <laughs> Might as well just cheat on him then, right? Can't say I never have. Really? Would you again? I'd try not to. Theater, 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 crazy. or uh, if we're still on my IMDb page, I did do a short horror film with Annette Benning, a uh, name drop right there. Oh yeah, I see that, a remarkable apparatus. A remarkable apparatus. apparatus. Hey Caleb, I made this fabulous uh, short film with my friend Caleb Lowry. Oh, and so uh, she, uh, Annette Benning was in this? She absolutely was. We had a personal connection and she agreed to be in our little movie. Wow, great. Right? Uh, she was She was a delight to work with. And it was so reassuring to have this amazing Oscar winner actor yeah. use all so the same exciting. acting words that I do. And I was like, oh my God, I do the same thing. <laughs> I know what you do. Um, yeah, it's so a, you're, your version of geeking out, in a way. Absolutely. Uh, it's a found footage horror flick. Oh, okay. Uh, it's probably in some deep, dark corner on the internet. Uh, okay. And, uh, and of course, though, I mean, when I met you, like I said, I was on uh, audition for Losers. Oh, Losers was amazing. I was called yeah. back for a role, and they put a sword in my hand to make sure I didn't look awkward with a sword. And I'm like, oh, you haven't met me. This is going to be a good time. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I don't know if I was there for both auditions. I might have been there for the first one. Uh, and, I uh, don't know which one's what. Yeah, I, I wasn't like, to put it this way, I know I wasn't there when there's the picture online where like all the actors are standing there doing like the ha-ha, oh, we're having me, a pause. Shannon, Zach, and Devin, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matt. Oh, and Matt. Zach, yeah, Matt, Zach, Devin, Shannon, and you. Yeah, I, I love that fine. photo. Yeah, but that it's almost funny how I look at that photo. It's like it almost looks like it was one of those posed things, but it's probably too natural. Well, they they that. had us come in to read, and I'm I'm sizing up Shannon, who whom I'm now friends with, and I'm just like, we can't be called back for the same role. This woman is not my type at all. Mm. Uh. And then it was, oh, we just wanted to make sure all your chemistry worked together. Hooray, right. this is our cast. Uh, and it was... <laughs> yeah, so that must have been, like... Uh, so when you read the script for that, I mean, you get to, again, stand, you know, have, like, an action movie scene where you're firing a gun. Oh, that yeah, just, like... jumping out of an airplane, firing guns, jumping out of exploding buildings, using a Jarvis system, uh, fighting zombies with a lightsaber, you know, typical movie stuff. <laughs> yeah, pretty typical. Pretty typical. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, again, like, that was one of those sets that was just... Uh, 
at times grueling just because it was the middle of summer. It was the middle of summer and the air conditioner ruined the audio. It was a very sweaty couple days. Yeah, most of all for me, but we'll not get into that. (laughs) Most most sweaty of all for the sound recordist. Yeah, but but you didn't have to constantly get powdered by makeup, so you being sweaty wasn't a problem. That's true. That's true, but you're not having (laughs) but you're not having to hold a boom mic either. No, I'm not. That's true. (laughs) But um. But no, yeah, I mean, it was uh, that was a fun shoot, and I hope, uh, obviously, I hope we get to do more of those. Is I would that... like to make more losers. Any any uh, producers or investors listening, talk to us about losers. Follow us on Facebook. We want to talk to you. Mm, yeah, and so, and in connection with that, so again, so you get you do losers. You meet you know all the people that you know we know together, sort of slightly mutually. Um, at what point does uh, does Alex come to you about uh, about his web series? Nightwing? Oh, about Nightwing. Well, it was funny. I was in Boston doing a production of Pirates of Penzance, and this was actually after I had moved to New York, but I got offered this role, and I loved doing light opera, and I just had this traumatic breakup, and I thought, what better than to hang with my family, do some Gilbert and Sullivan? So uh, mm. he had put out a, a casting posting for Black Canary, and I made these terrible videos shot on my cell phone in my basement alone i found like a dance leotard and a leather jacket i was like look see i i look good in this outfit this works for me um and you know he he reached out he thanked me for my audition he said they went with someone to audition locally and it wasn't a big deal and i was like you know thanks for your time wait wait so oh i'm I'm not done yet this is a long story okay i'm Uh, sorry because i was i was but i was trying to figure out the timeline long story uh so then i did losers uh, which I, I didn't even know Alex was peripherally uh, involved with. And then after we had started production on Losers, there had been some issue with this person that they had cast as Black Canary. I don't know what it was. It wasn't my issue. And Alex reached out and was like, Hey, so about that role I turned you down for, <laughs> uh, I was totally wrong. This role is you. Do you want to be Black Canary? And I was like, of course I want to work with you. Of course I want to be Black Canary. Uh. That's, um, it's funny because I've gone through, as a director, I've actually gone through that exact same thing where I met with someone, turned them down, went with someone else, they were an asshole, and I went them cast. You the know, uh, that's the, the good news, bad news about actors. We're very charismatic. We're also kind of flaky. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. I'm not the most organized lady on the planet. I try really hard, but I'm not the most organized lady on the planet. Hmm. No, uh, you know, it was a... Slightly bizarre set of circumstances, but I ended up getting to yeah. work with a really great team, and it's fantastic. Yeah, so now before that, had you been familiar with Black Canary? Did you Not really. I got this crash course. Ah. Alex gave me this stack of comics, and I go onto Wikipedia, and I mm-hmm. did my best to bring as much knowledge as I could to the character. And you have to, have to do that because people who love comics love comics. And if one little detail of your backstory or your inflection or something is off, they'll know and they won't, they won't forgive you. You've messed with this sacred thing. So I, I I got a crash course. I, I worked on it. Crash course in, uh, in Nightwingology. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and I guess that's, uh, yeah, that season. Yeah, the the seasons kind of seem to be ongoing. Uh, do you know, like, I guess roughly, I guess the next, the it'll finish up maybe in the next year. We're still in production right now on the final season. Uh, I don't have an official timeline on that. Uh, I know I I had a fight choreography rehearsal last week and it went oh. swimmingly. Uh, so I, I think um, I know I'm shooting next week or in a 
week and a half. Mm. I forget, but I don't have, have any... an official timeline on when that's going to be mm. online. I mean to talk over you. Did you have have you had any fights on there yet? Not yet. Okay. It's going to be really exciting. I'm going to fight somebody. Sweet. It's going to be a plot point. It's going to be exciting. Plot points yeah. are awesome. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of uh, powerful women on that show. There absolutely are. <clears throat> yeah. uh, I, I love <clears throat> working with my my, my castmates. They're, everyone's fantastic. That's cool. That, that sounds that's, that sounds uh, dismissive, but really, all all of them are fantastic. <laughs> and I, I seem to recall that you have. So have you've done also maybe done some like costume stuff too for the show. Uh, no. Or maybe here, I, eh, maybe it's some. I, I, I built a version of a couple costumes. Uh, we ended up going mostly a different direction. We wanted a different style. Like um, my Molotov Cocktees costume is built out of this like shiny spandex, and we we ended up veering away from that because stylistically, Nightwing was much more gritty than shiny metallic spandex. Oh sure, yeah. Uh, but one of my costumes is in Losers. Yes. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. My, why did I forget that? It's okay. No, yeah, no. But that was one of the things. That, like I said, when I. Well, around the time I first met you, I'm like, oh, and you do costumes, too. You're a jack of many trades. So I, I do many things. Mm. Do, you, do, many do people things. reach out to you just to do costumes? Yeah, or? but the problem with costumes is the amount of labor hours. So people say, mm. like, I was wearing one of my Game of Thrones costumes out in a bar to watch Game of Thrones. on, sure. on the. We watch it in a bar. There's a drinking game. It's a good time. Yeah, of course. Um, and someone approached me about my Joffrey costume and said, you know, oh my God, this is fantastic. I really want one. Uh, how much, what, what would I have to pay you? And so I think about it, you know, my skills aren't as high as someone who does it professionally full time or who majored in it. Mm. So, you know, I knock like $100 off my estimate and I'm still like, oh, it would still probably cost you $300. Like, well, what, what if I bought the fabric? And I'm like, 275 <laughs> Yeah, because... Uh, this fabric people... is $8 a yard. Like, it's a pretty full it... jacket, but... The, the problem is in the man hours and drafting something to fit your body. Yeah. Uh, fabric is flat. Your body is not. Uh, so it takes a, a long time to draft patterns and to adjust them so they fit the way you want and have the silhouette you want. Because so much yeah. of visual recognition is in a silhouette at a distance. Mm-hmm. Like if you have the details technically correct, but it's not the right proportions, it doesn't doesn't read correctly. Uh, and I just, you know, so it's have, so in a way, it's almost a little bit more like a hobby than. Oh, it's absolutely a hobby. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like you know, I I I took costume design college, uh, bleh, costume design classes in college. There you go. Um, I'd be happy to you know commission pieces here and there, but it, it's mostly for me. Uh, I, I built this ridiculous swing dress that has this very Barbarella print of all these ladies and metal bikinis and space monsters, and I wore it at Comic-Con when my sister and I took a photo with Brent Spiner. Mm. You know, I, I think it's useful, uh, but aside from, like, offering to hem my friend's pants when they desperately need it, no, right. it's, it's a hobby. There you go. Okay. Um, now, going back a little bit, so, again, when you were in college, you, you know, like, one of the things that you were exposed to was, like, playwriting and that sort of aspect. Oh, yeah. Is that something that interests you as well? Like, could you see yourself writing projects? Absolutely. I actually, uh, I keep telling myself in the new year, when my day job slows down a little bit, I, I really want to self-produce a short. I've been banging around in my head for a while. Um, cool. I think the issue is I enjoy the spotlight too much, so I go out and I audition mm. for more short films instead of staying home and writing. Right. Uh, and well, I you, think you, I have to make some deliberate choices about that myself. Yeah. Well, I guess also it's tough too that you also want to you have you want to keep working. You want to make sure that you still 
put yourself out there because sometimes uh, well, it almost sounds like a cliche, but sometimes in this industry, people forget about you if you're not. People forget out about there. you, and I think it's I think it's five or ten thousand new actors move to the city every year. That's got to be low, something like that. The the and actors they, and they all have and they all crunch together in six. Uh, as six roommates in a little apartment. Most in of them in Astoria. Um, <laughs> for our Astoria friends out there. Oh uh, yeah, they call it Actoria for a reason. <laughs> really? Uh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, that's Act- more the the musical theater people because it's so quick to get on the uh, the NQ. Yeah. Down to Midtown, where all the musical theater open calls are. Mm. Ah, gotcha. So you can get in line very very early in the morning and sing to book that national tour. And I am old, and I don't want to be on a national tour. <laughs> I I like my home. I like my cat. My boyfriend's pretty great. I don't want to live on a bus anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 a little more comfortable being on set and waiting for them to for you to go up. Oh yeah, home. film is great. Oh, I hang out over here. Oh, you brought me snacks. So someone else is gonna do my makeup. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just I'm glad to hear that. That you know, it's just. You know that you're you, you're you know that frank about it, but that's what's refreshing to hear. It's like because some actors are like, I, I have to be, I have to get into my style of craft or. Oh, my craft it, is extremely important to me. Uh, oh no, no, I'm not trying to downplay I, someone that. Someone I used to date just, got very upset when I said I loved acting more than I loved him, and he tried to like play that kicked puppy face at me and get me to take it back. And I'm like, I have loved acting forever. You're a new addition, and you don't treat me so great, like. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but what other, uh, so are there any other uh, projects coming up soon that maybe you want to talk about? Uh, I'm really excited for the final season of Nightwing. There's that. There's that. There's Everyone should come see Sweeney Todd at Brooklyn Theater Club. That's going to be Saturday yeah. the 14th at mm-hmm. 6, Thursday the 19th at 9, and Saturday the 21st at 6. Again, yes. you can go to tinyurl.com slash shave the date. Shave the date, Because yes. Sweeney Todd is the demon barber of Fleet Street, so our hashtag on Instagram yeah. is also shave the date. Yeah, I think there's probably also uh, there's probably a Facebook uh, invite there's a thing. Facebook invite. Uh, we're called Brooklyn Theater Club. We spell it Theater R E. If perhaps your perhaps your Google foo is failing you, but it, we're very easy to find. Mm-hmm. Sweet. And I guess so. Uh, there's always uh, like there's there's always hopefully a, a new musical out there or a new short to try to I'll, get into. I'll come up with with something. Right now, my my life is very much uh, Sweeney Todd and Nightwing. Uh, when I'm not rehearsing a musical, it's easier to go audition for more things, make more good work, et cetera, et cetera. There you go. And uh, yeah, and there's also, uh, I guess, frankly, there's a little self-promotion. There's a new short film that I'll be putting out there at some point. Uh, oh, really? With, with, maybe. Maybe. Maybe if things come together, which which uh, which Maya here was very awesome uh, in, and I can't wait for everybody oh, to see stop. that. Um, <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, and uh, also, obviously, you can be found on uh, Facebook as well at, I hope I get the, because it's your fan page. I I do have a fan page, Uh, it's not, it's not that I'm so self-involved, that's just, it's easier to keep my personal stuff more locked down and my professional stuff more accessible, Uh, so if you want to find my fan page, I'm... Yeah, it's Maya Murphy actor singer nerd absolutely i try to be truthful about myself yeah if you, that's actually the full uh yeah the full page but uh, no no but that's that's one of the cool things and obviously on twitter 
I'm, sure. uh, I'm uh, Maya Axe on Twitter. I'm Blonder Nerd on Instagram. Come, oh yeah, if you just want pictures of my cat and self promotion for my musical, that is the place to go. There you go. And uh, yeah, and so like, and you can always find us uh, on Wages of Cinema. We're on iTunes and SoundCloud, and also we're now on Stitcher uh, for people who use the Stitcher app out there. Um, and also obviously Facebook, uh, the Wages of Cinema podcast. Uh, and uh, send us an email if you'd like, uh, wagesofcinema at gmail.com. And uh, we'll be back soon with more episodes. Uh, once again, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, Maya. thank you. Thank you for coming to my apartment and setting up camp and dealing with my cat. It's. Hey, it's, it's a great. nice, like I said, it's a nice neighborhood. <laughs> you know, because you know, sometimes in my head I think Jersey City isn't that a little dirty, but no, this it is nice. It used to be. The, the beautiful park across from my apartment used to be full of drugs and prostitutes and razor wire, but now it's lovely. <laughs> yeah, like ta- less taxi driver, more common, you know, livable suburbia. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, and uh, as always, I'm Jack, and remember the wages of cinema is death. Have a good day.